Hi, this is Eddie Deason. You're listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall. I was Mandark in Dexter's Laboratory. Ha 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 ha. You are listening to Breaking the Fourth Wall on Realm of the Mist Entertainment. And welcome back to another episode. Today I have a great and fantastic guest joining me today. He's somebody that I think all of us in my particular generation grew up with. Um, today I am joined by Mr. Richard Karn. How are you doing today, sir? Good morning, or good evening, or, or good afternoon. It depends on, I guess, when people are listening. Yeah, yeah, all across the world. <laughs> with with, right. with any with any luck, that is. <laughs> So uh, we'll just kind of jump right into it. You know, uh, a lot of times people know the character more so than the actual actor's name. I'm not entirely sure why that is the case, um, but would you? <laughs> well, because they would have to read, you know, oh. in the credits. Yeah, you that's know, you true. Don't wanna, you don't want to have to read the credits. You just want to know the character's name. Right. That's That's when you're trying to get to your car to get out before everybody else does. There you go. <laughs> well, could you take a quick second? I mean, I could do it, but I think it's always best to come from the guest. Um, can you kind of say what some of your more notable stuff is and get it out there for the audience to know who you are? Oh, holy smokes. Um, well, I, I mean, I guess the obvious is uh, eight seasons of Home Improvement, uh, where I played Al Borland, who was on um, a show within the show called Tool Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I did four years of being the host of Family Feud. I've done lots of movies, lots of plays. Um, I'm doing a series right now uh, on Hulu called Pen15, uh, where I play the dad of a of um, a girl who's in seventh grade, and all the trials and tribulations that go that go on in seventh grade. <laughs> so it's the, more about the many. than it is about me. <laughs> Well, as a parent, I can tell you it's it's definitely about the parents too. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, seventh grade was a turning point um, uh, for me, particularly I think because um, when I was growing up, I had elementary school was which was K through six, right, and then seventh grade, eighth grade, and ninth grade was my junior high or middle school, and then my high school was just ten, eleven, and twelve. So in seventh grade, I, you know, it was a whole new school. There was all, all new people. And, uh, gosh, I, I remember <laughs> I got a D in art class. Uh, oh. It was art appreciation or like that. And my mom's an artist. And I think <laughs> she was devastated that I, that I would get, because it was, it was really, it was, um, you know, art history and things like that. It wasn't an actual um, artistic, uh, uh, ab- uh, ab- uh, you know, ability. Right. But but anyways, I, I remember the the uh, it, it came down that listen, you either bring your your grades up or you can't go skiing, and snow skiing was something that was pretty big in my hometown, and and uh, I had just started um, learning how, and uh, I, you know miraculously my grades came you know way up, they shot up to like B's and A's. So Holy cow! <laughs> I, I I think it was just it was motivation. And right. I uh, I thank my parents for that. <laughs> now, speaking of that 
little uh, interjection. You're you were originally, or your your full name would be Richard Carn Wilson, right? And then you had to shorten it for some reason. Well, I had to not use Richard Wilson because there was already a um, an actor in the union. Oh, um, okay. Which um, I finally saw him in something. Richard Wilson. He was uh, he was in a show called Merlin. He played the older um, mentor to young Merlin. Yes. Okay. I saw you, you, the the TV show, right? The TV show, right? Yeah. And, and that's Richard Wilson. <laughs> oh. See, it's so, and that's um, what I, I never watch my... the credits. I'm one of them. I'm one of there them. There you go. <laughs> uh, well, I I I saw my name and I was like intrigued. I go, really? That's who that was? And so. Uh, yeah, so I went to my middle name, Richard Carn, which um, was my dad's middle name because it was his mother's, my grandmother's maiden name. Oh, so, okay. Uh, and I actually got to know, you know, my great grandparents, George and and Myrtle. <laughs> oh, George Carn. They, they came down from um, Canada, from from uh, uh, Ottawa, and um, uh, they were kind of like uh, Dutch Canadian. Mm. Um, well, all right then. And and he was a piano tuner, which is kind of an interesting, uh, you, you know, uh, idea that that back then the piano tuners were people that plied their their craft around the city. I guess. Right. Yeah. That that's not something you hear too often anymore. No. No. Not and, in the um, digital age. One of the family cherished heirlooms was was a um, well. By the time I got to it, it was dismantled, but it was a cuckoo clock. That apparently was built by Mr. Steinway, oh, as a gift, as a gift to my great grandfather George. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a really cool story. Um, well, so, that's what you get on this show, right? Exactly. That's, that's, that's what a, that's my goal here. So <laughs> I do. This is uh, before we started recording. I I had brought up that there was kind of a selfish question, and I I'm kind of eager to know it. Um, and I hope that maybe some listeners out there are kind of wondering as well. So you also played on a show called Last Man Standing. I did. And you were kind of a an antagonist almost in that in that little bit, weren't you? I mean, would you say so? Well, I don't think it started out as an antagonist. He, you know, my, the character it's, it's odd because I don't think they really wrote it for me to play it. Necessarily, mm-hmm. um, my agents, I guess, just kind of submitted me, and when um, I said I would do it, the uh, the writers went, "Oh, oh, well, shoot, we uh, we we have a chance here to do something interesting, you know, with an old colleague of Tim, right, uh, in a different in a different venue." So, you know, my character was um, was really he was an architect who had built the original um, big stores for, for, for uh, you know the big sporting goods stores that Tim is manager of right or whatever and they were going to downsize them into a smaller unit that would go into a mall and so I was there to um, you know get the job to do that and then I think his wife intervened and said well why does it have to be a guy maybe there's a you know a female architect out there that's really good and and ultimately they went with her and my character then came back a few episodes later as 
<laughs> somebody whose whole life just crumbles. Right. You know, the next the next time we see me, I'm like my wife has left me. I've lost my job. I'm an alcoholic, or I'm I'm drinking, and uh, I'm I'm drunk at a baseball game and get punched out. So, <laughs> right. I'm I'm still waiting for my Phoenix moment. I mean, I I feel like uh, yeah, Hunter only got two shots at it. We need the third where he rises from the ashes. I would be an advocate for that. Uh, <laughs> I think that'd be great. But so that leads me now that you've given the the background of it. Um, that leads me to my question. So okay. you you had you had this character Al that you played for so long, and he was such a sweet and nice guy. You know, almost the savior of the show because he saved Tim's life how many times. Um, but then you played this other character who's kind of, you know, he, he's down on his luck. He's kind of cashed out a little bit and he, he's a jerk. So in your opinion, which did you prefer to play? Oh gosh. Y- you know, I, I think, uh, and I don't know exactly how to put this, but I I think the characters that we really cherish playing are the ones that are well written and and whether it's defined in the writing of it or if it's something that just resonates with the, the particular actor. You know, we we find something that um, you, you know that we just uh, uh, go with and love, and and that's what makes uh, you know. Um, a great combination actor role. So I, I just like playing things that are well-written and have a, be, a beginning, a middle and end. You know, it's really hard when you come in as a guest star on something where you're just, you're just kind of there to facilitate a, a, a lesson learned by the, you know, the guy whose show it is. I see. Um, uh, you know, and the, and in a, in some way, you know, Al Borland in, in home improvement always had to keep learning, lessons just as tim had to keep learning the same lesson sometimes over and over in just a different episode mm-hmm. but um you know that's the nature of that particular storytelling um i so, see i gotcha yeah so what what was it that made you wake up one day and decide that you wanted to be an actor because you were a, an apartment building manager prior to that weren't you <laughs> Uh, you know, I was many things. Uh, I, I, I had many years to uh, matriculate into uh, becoming uh, a, a television show actor. Uh, however, I, I think, you know, um, roots of my uh, of my um, uh, acting abilities started in the in like the fifth grade with with doing a, uh, a Thanksgiving per, um, play. And then, um, oddly enough, I remember my dad would bring home comedy albums, and I would listen to these comedy albums, and I could mimic them, you know, and, and tell those stories in, in a way. I, I, you know, that's kind of how I started out. And then uh, through junior high and into high school, I um, I auditioned for a school play in high school and got it as a freshman or a sophomore, you know, tenth grade, and. Um, did well, and it was very exciting being on stage and hearing people laugh and and having, you know, feeling very comfortable up there, even though I was scared, you know, to death. <laughs> but it was it was very, it was very satisfying, and I and I think that that probably was um, 
uh, a big factor of me keeping pursuing that. That's great. That's. Do you have any advice for anybody that's you know kind of in that not necessarily that same situation, but that's trying to break into this career field? Do you have any you I know words I of wisdom? <laughs> I thought I had like great, great ideas until I had a son who, who then grew up and he wants to be an actor and and all the things that I'm saying he says oh dad that's so outdated nobody does that anymore oh really and, uh, yeah you know and I'm going really you know because I just kind of kept putting myself in position you know looking for for work looking um, to do summer theater of uh, small theater just working 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 just putting myself in in front of that until something until something hit or clicked, but, uh, you know, it's now, uh, there are so many different ways of putting yourself in front of things. I mean, you can, you can do it in your, in your room with your cell phone, you know, if you can figure out a a compelling story and, and tell it, um, you know, people, people will watch. Uh, so I, uh, gosh, I'm saying you should keep exploring everything and read, you know, just read a lot of different types of things because, you know, when you play characters or you are creating stories, they're, they're all kind of the human, um, the human story of, of stuff that, you know, we're not, we're not reinventing too many things, but it's how we say it. It's how our particular minds work and, and say things. So, the more you read, the more you you can get into the mind of somebody who's a billionaire or somebody who's a murderer or somebody who's an artist or you know, and you can you can see how uh, other people think, and um, you know, and you can kind of massage that into your character that you're going to be playing. Uh, so, the, the, just you know, the more ammunition you have, the more the more arrows in your quill, uh, you uh, you can do more things. Gotcha. That's some good advice. I like it. I'll, I'll buy that I, for a dollar. It's very, it's very simple advice, but it's, you know, it's not always the easiest thing to do because you have to read. You have to, you know, take the time to prepare. You have to take the time to, to look at stuff and, and not be afraid of where it goes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's like uh, uh, technology. Yeah, the, the, um, older people don't push the buttons. <laughs> you know, they don't explore and see, and see, oh, swipe here this way, or maybe I won't swipe, maybe I'll go up, I'll go down. You know, um, kids just do that, and right. they figure out the, the machine quicker. It's true. It's very true. I have stuff around my house I still don't know how to use, and I'm only 37. <laughs> so, so I got you. I got you. Yeah, so um, you go. what uh, what was it like working uh, on occasion with your actual wife on set? It was uh, it was great. I mean, we met. My wife and I met doing a play. We weren't in the necessarily the the same scenes. Well, we were in the same scenes, but we, we you know, our characters weren't together. They they were separate. Um, but we met and and um, we've done I don't know four or five plays. I just did a play with her last season in Kansas City. We did a, a play called Sheer Madness and had a great time. Now. Uh, when she auditioned for Home Improvement, that was, you know, home, her audition for Home Improvement was, oh gosh, about, I don't know, uh, eight, nine years after we had been married. 
we got married in the mid '80s, mm-hmm. and home improvement didn't start till '91, and she probably came in in '92 or three or four somewhere in there. And so when she had the audition to play one of Jill's sisters, it was exciting and great that she got the job, and then terrifying if if it didn't work out. If, you know, because sometimes, uh, um, you know, we uh, will show up and and that actor will be gone uh, because oh. it wasn't working right or, or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. And so you know, which is not to say that the talent their talent isn't good. It just it wasn't it wasn't clicking. But um, Tootie. You know, my wife rose to the occasion and was brilliant. I mean, they changed the character on her uh, two or three times. She started out as being a um, uh, a high-end um, server on a private jet mm-hmm. uh, and then ended up being a photographer who traveled the world. So, you know, there's <laughs> like very different, very different stuff going on in, in two or three days of rehearsal. Right. So, but she did a great job, and, and it was it was really kind of satisfying to see her do that that's Um, cool that's really cool was there any situations where she's like did you remember to take the trash out (laughs) what do you mean you know like you're you're both on set you're getting ready to shoot for the day and she just kind of walks over says hey did you remember to take the trash out this morning no no those kind of things are usually uh uh, after rehearsal oh okay when we're we're rehearsing or we're 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 kind of focused we're focused on getting the job done right instead of instead of our laundry lists (laughs) but uh that's great (laughs) that's funny (laughs) so you had uh said earlier on that um you're part of the union um it you know for somebody that's maybe pondering that idea um, obviously you elected to join the union. Is, do you recommend that for everybody or is that something that people should hold off on or what's your advice on the, on that whole thing? Yeah. You know, when you're, when you're getting into this business and you're trying to navigate all those different things, um, I don't know, you can, you can become fixated on trying to get something and, and I, if it's going to come, it's going to come naturally. I mean, mm-hmm. I, um, when I moved to New York, I moved to New York with a few advantages. Um, I I left um, the college that I was at, the University of Washington, uh, was part of a league of professional actor training programs that had auditions for their senior class. And so when I got to New York, I had auditioned and gotten an agent, and um, so, so I kind of hit the hit the um, ground running, and I got a commercial my first week, and I didn't have to join the union the first commercial, but the second commercial I would have to join. And that was daunting because it was like $600 to join. And, and, um, but I, you know, I, I really wanted to do that. And I think I joined SAG first and then came in through the back door on equity, which oh, is the, okay. uh, um, the theater uh, union. Actors oh, equity. cool. Uh, have you gone, I, I'm not entirely familiar with, um, how this all fits into it, but have you ever been to any conventions or like uh, autograph signings where you know you're sitting at a table and crazy geeked out fans are coming up to get your autograph and <laughs> they want pictures and I, stuff? I have done that a couple times, and it's it's very interesting. It's it's uh, it's it's kind of fun, and and then also you kind of see where you are in the scheme of things. You know, I'm I'm like uh, sitting there and. I've got people coming up to me, but then down the line, um, 
there's uh, the guy that was in a movie called Willow, and he had like a line out the door, and I go, wow, you know, I like I wish I was that popular, uh, <laughs> kind of thing. So it, it can kind of be, it can, it can kind of be weird, but it's also, you know, interesting to do. Uh, it's it's not something that I thought about when I got into this business. It, the, this whole side cottage industry of signing autographs and things like that was not kind of anything I I was familiar with or even thought was was possible but then you know once you get into this show you or a big show where a lot of people just know you because of it it, it becomes a whole different thing when i was mm-hmm. when i was doing theater when i was doing regional theater i'd go to a town like louisville and do actors play in louisville and we'd go out to dinner and maybe one or two people would come up and go hey we saw you in the show uh, you're that was great you know this and that and and you feel oh yeah somebody somebody knows me from in this different town but <laughs> when you do a show that that uh, you know, thirty-two million people watch it a night, um, you get a lot more, a lot more people coming up to you, and it was a little scary at first. I, I almost, um, I, I didn't feel worthy, and so people would say, "Hey, are you that guy uh, from Home Improvement?" I go, "No, I, I look like him, but I uh, know I'm not that guy." <laughs> yeah, you know. I didn't know what to say. I, uh, right. I, just, I, I didn't feel uh, worthy. And then after after a while, you realize, okay, it's not really about me. It's not about that. It's about people. You know, you're in their living room, and and so, you know, be gracious and say, yeah, I, yeah, that's that's me, and uh, thank you for watching. That's great. So people are still doing that to you, like to this day. Uh oh yeah yeah well they just can't they can't imagine how I just show up. It's like, how, what are you doing here? It's like, whatever town I'm in, it's like, oh my gosh, do you live here? Is this what, <laughs> you know, no, no, I'm, I'm, I don't live here, but uh, well, yeah, I am. You know, in in a, a brief moment of candidacy here, uh, I'll admit that when the opportunity uh, arose that I would be able to speak with you, I kind of had one of those moments, like, oh, this can't, this is just this is amazing. This can't really be happening. How is this happening? I'm just a normal guy in upstate New York. How's this happening to me? So that's great. I, I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's on, on so many different levels. Uh, I remember early on, um, my wife after the first season, um, she went back to do a play in New York again. And so I went back and the, um, actually Angelina, Angelina, the, the woman, uh, who's married to Matt Williams, who created the show? She was put on. She uh, produced a play off Broadway, and um, I went back to see it. And in the audience or backstage after the show, this guy comes up to me and he goes, "Excuse me, I just uh, I want to introduce myself. Uh, I'm Ben Vereen." And and I went, "I know who you are." <laughs> and he was introducing himself to me because he loved, you know, he he liked the show, and uh, that was. That was kind of like the first time something like that had ever happened to oh. me, which was was really kind of caught me off guard. But it was it was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, well, I guess this would happen. Why wouldn't it happen? <laughs> people are people are people. They're just you know they're in a, they introduce each other. Right. Yeah. Um, so you said that you've been doing some plays, and um, you know, like we had talked about before, you've you've got a lot of stuff under your belt, and. You, we're still waiting on the uh, Phoenix rise 
in uh, Last Man Standing and all that, uh, <laughs> which I really yeah. hope somebody passes this along. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> but are you working on anything else? Do you have any big projects that are coming along that you want to let people know about? Well, on Monday, I start rehearsals um, for a play I actually did about four or five years ago. It's um, a, pan- a panto version of Aladdin. Oh. And we're going to uh, do that in Nashville. I'm going to Nashville for two weeks in December to do a play um, to do Aladdin and uh, and his Winter Wish. That's so cool. There's, there's that, and then of course Pen Fifteen is 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 going along yep. in its second season. And oh gosh, what else? Uh, I just did a couple of movies this fall. One one is out there. Um, the the trailer for it is out there. It's it's um, horse camp, and I I don't know if you if you go online if you go on Facebook. There's there's uh, versions of it on my on my feed, um, and then also next. Let's see the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Is that like next Tuesday? The twenty yes. the twenty sixth. Yes. Or so. Uh, um, I've got a, a movie called uh, Check Into Christmas on the Hallmark Channel. Oh, getting into Hallmark already. All right. <laughs> yeah, it's, exactly. And yeah, we know what that means. Own, you know, they have their own conventions now. This there's like the Christmas Con. And I actually uh, had not heard that. This is a first yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, so all these people that do, you know, because Lifetime and and Hallmark, they do about 40 Christmas movies a year. So there's a lot of those out there. It really feels like they do more than that, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> well, it accumulates, you know. Right. <laughs> 40, they, 80, 120. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, they've been doing it for a while now, so uh-huh. that's great. Um, so I just want to say, as things kind of draw to a close here, um, I want to thank you so very much for coming on to the show and talking to me and having a few laughs. It really has been my pleasure having you here. I am so humbled. Just, well, I appreciate it. Thank you. I Yeah, I had a yeah. good time. I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that. You know, and I hope everybody that listens to this kind of absorbs your wisdom like I'm trying to and, you know, just takes takes your advice. Go for it. Don't just get out there. Put yourself out there. Get it. I know. And and it's easy to say that and it's it's hard to live it sometimes. You know, there there were many times when I just thought, what am I doing? You know, I'm. Uh, I can't save any money. I'm barely squeezing by. But uh, you know, I was very fortunate. I I had a very low overhead in New York City. I had I had very low rent. I didn't have a car. I didn't have insurance. So I I could get by on very little money mm-hmm. and be a waiter, be a, a balloon deliverer, uh, be an apartment manager. I mean, like you said <laughs> earlier on, I was an apartment manager when I got home improvement. But really, that was only because I would get free rent. Oh, <laughs> I was I was hey, I was helping the, the guy who owned the building, you know, put put people in, in there. But if you think about it, uh, I think my rent at that point was something like nine hundred dollars. So I was working for nine hundred dollars a month, basically. Wow. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> but I got free rent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there anywhere that, um, you know, you probably don't want people just you know, randomly messaging you and things like that. But is there anywhere that you would like people to kind of go to and sign up and follow your goings-ons? 
Oh gosh, um, no, you know, I'm not. I'm not that advanced. I mean, I am on Facebook and I'm on Instagram and uh, Twitter, but I, I, you know, I don't put stuff out there as as regularly as I should. I know people have people that do that for them, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of put out something every day like that. But I just I throw stuff out there every once in a while, but I'm. I, as as my son says, I, I you know I should I should worry about more clicks and and eyeballs on my on my uh, feeds. <laughs> well, uh, you know you you did ask me about uh, what I do online. There there is an interesting thing called Cameo, and people have accessed Cameo and me through Cameo to uh, wish them happy birthday or you know, good luck on their wedding or, or whatever. And I've been doing that and that's been kind of fun. That's been very interesting. I've, I've helped out a, a few people, uh, you know, that weren't feeling well, uh, or whatever. And so it's always interesting, uh, just to throw that out there. So, um, I do have, I do have a cameo, of, um, you know, uh, life out there. Okay. And I will, uh, put a link to that in the, uh, description of the video or the description of the audio, I should say. So make sure to give that a click and check that out, too. All right, buddy. Once again, I I greatly appreciate you coming on and talking to me. It's fantastic. I hope that the listeners out there enjoyed the show as well. It's because of listeners like you that I keep putting out this content, and it's only going to get better from here. So thank you all for tuning in, and we will see you later. All right.